Every once in a while, we absorb a piece of information that radically and completely changes the way that we perceive reality. One such inflection point in my own life was the day I found out that the Berenstain Bears were actually always the Berenstain Bears. I scoured the internet for photos of the books, sure that this was some bit of internet clickbaitery, but found only confirmation that my memory was wrong, not the article. Think back to your own inflection point and get ready to rethink the nature of reality. Hello and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, as you may have guessed from the cold open, we are talking about the Mandela effect. Yes. I'm going to say Mandala. I know it's going to happen, so I'm just yeah. coming out with it right now. Isn't there's like a name for that where you like switch the letters around, isn't it? Dyslexia? Is it? Like, yeah, is that just how that works? I guess. I don't know. But you're going to do that a lot. Yeah. I saw you mentally struggle when you just said that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyways. So I think everybody knows what the Mandela effect is, even if they maybe don't know the name, although I feel like most people know the name at this point. At this point, it's kind of like a cultural touchstone. Like, you know, yeah. there's some unknowable topics where I'll talk to people in real life and bring up what we're recording and they'll be like, what? Yeah. But the Mandela effect is just like part of the zeitgeist of the moment oh yeah and even the few people who don't know the name of it if you give them examples they're like oh yeah oh the whole berenstein bears thing exactly that is one of the biggest ones so in the psychology world this is called false memory Mm -hmm. but more recently around 2010 um been dubbed the mandela effect Mm -hmm. um in reference to incorrect in my notes i put are they memories that some people have of Nelson Mandela dying in prison, Mm -hmm. which he did not die in prison. He did not. Or did he? We don't know. Um, So this terminology was coined by self-described paranormal consultant, Fiona Broom Mm. in reference to her own false memory of Mandela's death. Um, Essentially like this is a false memory, but with a focus on pop culture. Right. And it's like held by like multiple people. Yeah. If, if you just if one person remembers history wrong, that's not the Mandela effect. Exactly. It has to be a large portion of the population all getting together and being like, wait a second. Yeah. Like a lot of people apparently remember Mandela dying in prison. Like vivid memories of this. Yeah. Um, that's essentially what it seems like happened with Fiona Broom. She kind of remembered it incorrectly. And for some reason she brought it up with somebody or something. And they were like, what? No. Right. And she was like, wait a minute. And so she looked it up and then that's, she kind of realized other people had the same memories and she was like, wait, this must be a thing. Um, now she runs a website like the official like Mandela effect.com. Right. Um, that is essentially, it seems like a forum of sorts for people to talk about their own misrememberings. Um, and mostly for people to commiserate with other people who remember things the same way that they do, which are not the way that it supposedly is in reality. Right. Which is pretty fascinating in our current reality. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, yeah, we're going to get into some deep, Mm-hmm. theories on this um this is pretty metaphysical yeah it's it's pretty for what seems like a pretty basic topic of just like why are people remembering things differently it gets pretty deep oh yeah um so we'll just jump right into yeah so essentially somebody recalling something that didn't happen or recalling it differently from the way it actually happened right essentially um so yeah we're just gonna jump right into examples i think examples are the best way to kind of illustrate this and 
like I was just saying to Nate before we started recording, everybody has a Mandela effect that they remember. Oh, like yeah. for some, for me, it was the, like I was saying in the cold open, it was the Berenstein, Berenstain bears thing. That yeah. was the one thing where I, it, it hit me hard. I was like, no way. I had vivid memories of Berenstein yeah. and seeing Berenstain written like totally threw me off. Oh yeah. So different people had different things. Like for Nate, it was Shazam. So yeah. as we're going through this list of examples, I'm sure everybody listening will have one of these things and be like, wait a second. Yeah. So, if not multiple. If not multiple. I definitely have multiple of these things. And some of them I think you'll see in the examples. Some are easier to write off mm. as kind of something like, okay, I can't even like go into any examples because a lot of the stuff is stuff we're going to talk about later. Right. But a lot of them you can write off more as just a simple minor glitch in your memory rather than some more big like conspiratorial thing. Right. But some of them are like, there's no way right. that people remember this so vividly and so sure that this isn't a thing, a thing, something. Yeah. Um, so the Berenstein versus Berenstain mm-hmm. is maybe aside from the actual Mandela reference, which we'll get into. Right. Maybe the biggest one, I think that people experience. I think so. Um, yeah. Basically a lot of people remember it being spelled with an E right. and not with an A and it blew a lot of our minds. Um, Obviously explanations like it's the, if you look at the books, if you Google pictures, it is kind of written in like sort of a cursive sort of handwriting. Right. It's, it's like, kind of just at the end, it would almost be like at the end of a signature where you just kind of scribble the rest of it. Yeah. So you could kind of like in your brain fill in the gaps more or less. Right. And I think Berenstein is a more common spelling of that name than Berenstain. Oh yeah. So I guess that could be the logical leap there. But. everybody made. For me. I'm very much like I notice misspellings and not that this is a misspelling, but I notice things looking off Mm -hmm. more than I would like to. Right. Like we watch TV with captions like have for months now. I don't know. We started it when Julian, we do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. You can have the TV lower and you can still understand what people are saying. Mm -hmm. It's great. I rewatched the movie, the witch. Have Mm -hmm. you seen that movie yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. I rewatched it with captions, like totally changed the whole movie. Oh yeah because they talk in such heavy accents that there's like a lot of shit I just didn't even understand before. Right. And then I was like, oh my God, I actually know what you all said. Right. But yeah, we started it when Julian was tiny so we could have the TV really low if he was sleeping and like still see what people were saying. Right. And if anybody writing the captions misspells stuff, like it annoys the crap out of me, I will see it immediately and I'm like, really? Hone right in on it, yeah. Ah, But so I know myself, I know my brain. If I had seen on those books that it was Berenstain, I would have, it would have stuck. Right. Because I, to me, that would have looked wrong. Mm-hmm. And I know it wasn't. Right. It fucking wasn't A. It definitely, like, I don't have, like, a mental image of it as an E, mm. but, like, I know in my bones that it was an E. Like, it, I... It just looks wrong. It looks so wrong. And I've seen, like, I was reading about it, kind of delving into, like, where it may have come from. And there's definitely been some, like, some court cases involving it where I think, like, the people who started writing it like their last name was actually like Berenstain mm. um but in like some court cases it was misspelled with an e mm. and they had to like correct it in like the court documents and stuff and Interesting. Um, there's definitely been some like sort of photoshopped versions with the e out there yeah and so it's like i don't know i would i would love for somebody to find in like a a, a trunk somewhere yeah one book that's like Berenstain with an e yeah and it's just proof of like some alternate timeline yeah I'm hoping. I'm 
it's that's the thing is these days it's really hard because most of these examples you can find the photoshopped version of course to make it what we think it is so anybody can say oh yeah i found this but i don't know and of course yeah people think that maybe you know they saw it written out by somebody else and somebody else spelled it with an E because again, that seems to be the logical spelling. So maybe that just stuck, but it's like, there's no way that happened for all of us who remember it. Right. That we all had some weird thing that was just like, Oh, we saw it written with an E somewhere else. And it stuck like, that's just, I no Right. And it's like, a, it's a huge thing. I'm know? adamant. Buzzfeed articles and like, Oh yeah. Very like mainstream media will report on the whole Berenstain Bears thing. And, oh yeah. You know, way more like, researching a lot of unknowable topics you will not find reputable sources talking about a lot of unknow- a lot of unknowable topics but yeah Berenstain Bears is like right up there oh yeah and the entire Mandela effect in general you can find articles on a bazillion different websites oh, yeah. talking because it gets so deep into this whole concept of memory and how our brains work that you get a lot of like really scientific not necessarily explanations because they all are basically just theories and there's a million different right and we'll talk about that but um it's a lot so, yeah, that's one of the biggest ones. Probably, if you're listening to this, there's like a 50% chance that you're one of the people that remembers it with an E. Right. Um, the other big one, the namesake, is Nelson Mandela's death. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people who remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s. Right. Um, so, just so you know, he got out of prison in 1991, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, 1990. February 11th, 1990. And he actually died in 2013. Right. Like a good while later. It's not like he got out of prison and died right away. Which I think is kind of when this whole thing might have come up again. Like back into the zeitgeist. It was like 20, well, 2010 was when, at least when Fiona Broom kind of coined this term. Okay. So, yeah, but people have vivid memories. Um, Yeah, the Fiona Broom herself, who popularized the phrase, says she remembers news clips of his funeral she remembers seeing talk about like the mourning in South Africa over his death, some rioting and even like a heartfelt speech by his widow. Hmm. Um, one commenter on her website, again, Mandela says that him and his wife both remember like there being a legal flap over book rights involving his widow. Um, and that same commenter claims that he went back through old boxes of stuff at his father's house. He said that when he was in school every Friday or whatever, they would do like a current event thing that they would turn in where they would just talk about something that big that happened during the week. Right. And he remember he found um, a current event report he had turned in at school in March, 1983. And it discussed Mandela's death in prison and how he had been sick for some time. Wow. There's a lot of people who remember it being discussed in their high school classes in the 1980s, like black history month. Right. This is not like, that's wild. And it's, that just seems, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can write off. Some things where somebody's like, oh, I didn't know that celebrity died. That to me is not like conspiracy. That is just, we can't keep up with every single thing that happens. But people remembering talking about it in school, Mm -hmm. writing a report about it. Right. That's bigger than just, oh, I thought he already died. Right. Missing like a celebrity's death in the news cycle. Yeah. Yeah, It's way different. So that one's wild to me. That to me is one of the bigger, to me, there is something deeper at play there. Right. Um. I just don't know how you could remember stuff that in depth. And right. the, the Mandela one is, so I did a, a poll on my Instagram, my like personal Instagram, mm. giving a lot of these Mandela effect examples and asking people which version they remembered. Right. 
And this was the Mandela one was one of the f- only ones where almost everybody remembered it correctly. They remembered that he didn't die in prison. Right. Which I attribute to the fact that, again, if he died in 1990. Right. And he was supposedly died in prison or sorry, he was out of prison in 1990. He supposedly died in the 80s. I was born in 87. Mm-hmm. You were born in 91. 91. So we weren't we were te- like I was alive technically around that time, but right. I was just born. So I'm not going to have memories of that happening. Like most of the people I think who remember the Nelson Mandela part are older and they were at least in grade school, if not high school in the eighties. So they like were aware of that kind of stuff happening. Like I didn't personally have any confusion over Nelson Mandela. Yeah, me either. So when I hear about it, I'm like, Oh, that must be wild to have that memory, but it's like not a personal memory that I have. So no. Yeah. I have no idea. Cause like I know, I don't think there was any specific, year i mean this guy said he wrote that in 83 there's definitely a lot of talk of like that around that range like 83 to like mid you know 85 ish right that people feel like he died um so again i wasn't even alive so i missed out on the whole one right but yeah some of these are like generational yeah for sure because that kind of brings us to one of our big ones of our generation is uh the movie shazam yeah so this movie doesn't exist supposedly Supposedly. But a lot of people remember there being a movie mm-hmm. called Shazam. Right. Not everybody is clear on the name. Not everybody remembers the name of it. Right. But a lot of people remember there being a movie where Sinbad, who was a popular comedian in the 90s, played a genie. Mm-hmm. And for some, like me personally, I only remember seeing like movie posters right. for it. Like I don't think I ever actually saw it. But it's not really a movie that I would have seen at the time either. It's not weird that I didn't see it. Right. That would not have been a movie I would have grabbed. I was not like a Sinbad fan. Right. I wouldn't have been like, oh, sweet. Um, so, but I, I remember seeing posters. I definitely remember. I remember this was the, for me, Shazam was like the introduction. Interesting. To the Mandela effect. When I saw an article about it years ago being like, you know that Sinbad genie movie that you remember seeing like didn't happen and i like i remember clicking immediately being like what are you talking about wait a second and clicked it and read it and i was so i was like this how is this a thing like you're literally telling me a thing that i remember vividly right never even happened it's crazy sinbad himself says that he was never in a movie as a genie and there's no there's no record of it anywhere on the internet yeah no record anywhere um there are people of varying levels of memory like so there's a guy on reddit um, epic journeyman on reddit who he is actually one of the moderators of the mandela effect subreddit oh. um he claims to have managed a movie store in the 1990s um says his uncle was the owner so he was like um yeah he was like a manager of the store he took it upon himself at some point to order two copies of this movie he didn't remember exactly what the name was he remembered just the Sinbad genie thing. Right. Uh, but he had ordered two copies without consulting his uncle. Um, I guess they were like a really great deal price wise. Right. Um, of new releases. So he was like, sweet. This was 94. He said, um, he remembers the cover having the word Sinbad in font bigger than the title had Sinbad facing left with kind of like a raised eyebrow and his arms crossed facing inside profile to the left. He remembers it being a children's movie and not like an adult oriented comedy right so he said a lot of people would rent it and then they'd return it claiming that something was wrong with the tape i don't know if like at the time it just wasn't like 
I think maybe it just wasn't good enough to bring a movie back and be like, I didn't like this. Right. So you had to like be like, oh, there was an issue with the movie instead of, you hmm. know, to like to get your money back or get another rental or something. Um, so he said because of that, he would have to watch the movie a lot because he'd have to see if there actually was an issue with the tape or if it was just somebody hmm. not liking it. Um, and so he says that he has seen this movie multiple times. And so he described one of the scenes, like the genie's lamp is rubbed for the first time. There's two kids, um, like an early teenage age boy and his little sister, who's maybe five. They're in their living room. Their dad is single. He's like out running in errands. They're home alone. Um, the boy rubs the lamp and Sinbad appears with full genie attire with what this user believes was like a green or blue vest. Um, and that, you know, Sinbad like opens his arms and is like, I'm the genie of the lamp and the kids like freak out and run away. Hmm. And Sinbad calms them down. He explains that they'll have three wishes. Like the boy is really skeptical, but he wishes for something that flies. He said he thought it was either a skateboard or a flying carpet. Hmm. Um, the wish is granted. The kids are amazed. And then they're like, we should use these other wishes for something really special. You know, like would have happened in the 1990s. Right. Kids comedy, like really cheesy. Um, but then the girl like asks for her mother back, you know, I don't know if it was like the mother had left the dad or if she was dead or what, this, but like Sinbad's all sad and like, I'm afraid I can't do that. Mm. Kind of like harkens back to his own emotional. He was like, I feel like there was some tie in to like him having somebody in his life who disappeared and like he couldn't bring them back either, you know, type of thing. Oh, okay. Um, the emotional story arc. Exactly. Like the really sad, like, Oh, the kids agree to save the last two wishes and like want to save one to bring like some woman to their like lonely, depressed dad. But then, like, the girl breaks her favorite doll and she wastes a wish, like, fixing it because she's five. Classic five-year-old. And then one wish left, like, the climax of the movie takes place at a pool party, of course, involving the dad and his boss and, like, a bunch of his clients. And, like, he said he remembers the scene being really sped up, like, weirdly cartoony and cheesy. And then somehow whatever the flying object was, like, the carpet or the skateboard, appears and, like, knocks a bunch of people in the pool, including, like, the dad's mean boss. And then there was some kind of happy ending that he didn't remember. Hmm. but there's a lot of people who have that's wild vivid memories of like the entire plot of this movie yeah or whole scenes like they remember this movie for sure happening and as far as we know this movie did not ever exist according to sinbad himself according to sinbad himself right said that he never did a movie like this um so there are some various theories as well like and a lot of people even remember so there is a movie called kazam yes starring shaquille o'neal who is a visually similar human to yes. sinbad yes like bald head yep. darker skin uh played a genie mm -hmm. obviously this movie was a flop did not do well but people even said they remembered kazam coming out and thinking at the time wow what a ripoff of that sinbad movie interesting you know, like, I don't think that you'd feel that like maybe way later. Right. You'd have like these, you know, vague memories of Kazam and be like, wait a minute, wasn't that Sinbad? Right. But to remember at the time of Kazam's release, hmm. thinking, wow, what a ripoff. It's like, how did that happen? See, it's interesting to me because it's like in the age of like the internet, when things come out, they're on the internet. Even And even if you need to use like the Wayback Machine or you need to like find some archive of it on the internet. It's all there. Like okay. there's, a, there's a record of probably every piece of pop culture that's been released somewhere on the internet now. Yeah. But like back in the eighties, I feel like something like that movie could come out flop and just kind of get, you know, swept to the side and would be completely forgotten by pop culture Yeah. and could legitimately 
have existed, but now just be basically forgotten. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Sinbad himself says that he was never in that movie, like what the fuck is going on? Well, right. Like, cause yeah, there's a lot of theories as far as this particular one goes. Um, obviously again, people think that, so Sinbad, I guess, wore a sort of genie like costume. He did a, basically he hosted like a movie. Um, what do you want to call it? Like a, like a telethon, but yeah. movies. Yeah. Like movies. And he was dressed sort of like a genie in that. And that was in 1994. And then Kazam came out in 96. So did people just like put the two together? Right. Sinbad's in a genie costume. And also somebody pointed out that Shaq plus Kazam equals Shazam. Oh <laughs> I yeah. I never thought about that. Interesting. Um, so yeah. So they were explaining it basically as confabulation, which is basically the brain's attempt to fill in missing memory gaps by adding fabricated facts and experiences. So, right. um, not the same as lying. Lying is intentional. Yeah. To deceive confabulation is like, you actually believe that these fabricated parts are real. Right. Um, it can happen a lot with like neurological disorders, stroke and Alzheimer's and whatever, but mm. healthy people can also confabulate and right. they often don't even know that they've done it. Um, hmm. There was also like a 1960s animated series by Hanna-Barbera about a genie called Shazan. Hmm. Didn't know that existed. Um, one of Sinbad's children's films from the 90s, First Kid, had a preview for Kazam on the VHS release. So maybe that like made people connect the two in their brain, Sinbad movie with a Kazam preview. Interesting. Um, so, and then somebody's theory on Reddit was that, so basically they thought Shazam came out with Sinbad. Right. Maybe, yeah, this was 94, if that the um, guy who worked at the movie store said. And then didn't do well. It was like total flop. Nobody liked it. Whatever. Right. Maybe it had kind of only, and like there were a lot of movies that just released direct to video, were mm -hmm. never like in theaters. It was never a big thing. And maybe it, it did really poorly. And then in 96, they were going to release this Kazam movie, very similar name. Right. Also with a genie. Shaquille O'Neal was huge at the time. Maybe they thought this is going to do way better. We can't have this like competing with Shazam. Right. So they basically like scrubbed Shazam from ever existing. And maybe they had Sinbad sign some kind of like. NDA. Not, yeah. Huh. And so maybe he can't say that he was ever in this movie. Maybe, you know, again, it would have been easier right. to scrub the world of Shazam right. at the time. Hmm. If you did that now, I don't think that could really be possible. Mm -hmm. But maybe at the time. <laughs> I, I see the logic there. But I feel like that's a lot of effort to go through for a movie. Like even that, wait, so Kazam is the real one? Yeah, Kazam is the real one. So that Kazam movie didn't seem like it was um, like that great of a movie. No, or and like that's, it was, that's the thing is that they, they maybe wiped the world of Shazam thinking this is going to be a way bigger movie. Right. And then it wasn't. I don't know if you, but, I don't, I just, I can't make the logical leap that they would, you'd go through that much effort for like already a B movie with Shaquille yeah. O'Neal in it. You'd have, I, mean, I can't expect I mean, but who knows? Maybe, I mean, people, I'm sure people have released movies where they thought like this is going to be nothing right. and then it turned into some huge thing. Like maybe hmm. they just thought maybe they were hitting it just right. right. I don't know. Shaq is a genie. I don't know who thought that that was going to be like Even incredible, better. but yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of that whole, um, that ET video game mm. that like totally flopped. Oh, and there yeah. was all these rumors about them, like just dumping a bunch of the cartridges into a landfill somewhere in the desert. Whoa. And everybody thought it was just like an urban legend. And then like relatively recently they found the landfill that they dumped them in and no they like way. dug and they found like, I think it was like hundreds of 
ET uh, Super Nintendo cartridges Whoa. in the ground in the desert where they dumped them. So it like wasn't an urban legend. That's amazing. So scrubbing pieces of pop culture from pop culture is not completely out of the realm of possibility. Right. But I don't know. I'm going to, I trust Simbad. Yeah. I mean, that that's really the only explanation I think that came up that explained why Sinbad himself right. says no. Because otherwise you'd think if it really did happen, obviously why wouldn't the star of the movie be right. like, yeah. And like Sinbad could have like capitalized on that and been kind of had like a, a renaissance in his career. Yeah, dude. He really would have become, if Sinbad had been like, yeah, that Shazam was, was real. Right. All of you are justified. He would have had a whole horde of like millennials. He could have like cashed in on that and had like a show like the mandala effect with sinbad yeah i would have watched it Mm -hmm. so he missed out anyways if that was true but if he signed an nda maybe he's like on the hook for a ton of money and i don't know how much money sinbad has right now good question so maybe he's just like fuck i can't break this nda i don't know so but that's shazam so that's another entry point i don't personally have any memories of shazam or kazam or anything like that which again i mean if shazam i'm not that much older than you but if that came out in 94 you were only three. Right. I would have been like seven. Yeah, you would have been making more memories than I was. Yeah. So it's possible that you just weren't really conscious of the world enough to be right. like, yeah, I remember that movie. And again, I, my particular thing is sort of the halfway in between. I remember the movie posters. I don't remember the movie. Right. I have no So you could be confabulating movie. the two. Yeah. Um. So another related death one that I had, I don't even know who David Soul is really. Maybe um. But... David Soul was on the 1970s show Starsky and Hutch. Okay. Speaking of strokes. <laughs> um, a lot of people remember him dying by suicide. <laughs> um, shout out to my friend Kat, who reminded me to not call it committing suicide. Just an FYI. <laughs> um, that has negative connotations with criminal activity. Committing oh, a crime, committing suicide. Um, so the more proper term is dying by suicide. Interesting. Thank you, Kat. Cool. Um, yeah, people remember him dying on or near Christmas, um, I think this was, people remember this happening in like 2013. They said that he was like despondent over his wife's cancer. They remember news reports of like relatives and police finding his body like underneath or near the Christmas tree. It was like this whole thing. Hmm. Um, and then they were shocked when they later saw him make an appearance as like a cameo on the remake of the Starsky and Hutch movie. Wow. Um, yeah, another commenter, again, on this Mandela Effect website, remembers he was a theater instructor, this commenter was, and he said he remembers showing film clippings to his students of David Soul's work in Salem's Lot um, with his students like agreeing that it was a shame that he had passed. David Soul did not die by suicide or die at all. He is still alive to this wow. day. But people like vividly remember him dying by suicide. Weird. Which is bizarre. Yeah. And again, it was one of those things where this commenter said that he him and his wife both had like vivid memories of this. And then they saw, they went and saw the Starsky and Hutch movie and saw right. him in it. And they were like, what? Wait a second. And like went and looked it up and they're like, wait, he never died. And like all that detail of like being found under the Christmas tree and being like despondent over like her, his wife's cancer. Like that's yeah. a lot of detail. Like yeah. it's not just like, Oh, I vaguely remember someone like dying a few years ago. Right. That's like a lot of detail to throw into it. And again, definitely a generational one. I never watched Starsky and Hutch. Me that neither. was in the seventies. I wasn't even alive. I didn't even come across that in my research. No, it was a ra- I really only found it initially in that forum. And then I look, I Googled it afterwards and I was like, Oh wow, that's a thing too. A lot of people remember that. Right. So again, like maybe people are just mixing it up with somebody else's suicide. I don't know. Right. 
but that's it's weird i think to to have vivid memories of somebody dying and then see them in a movie i think would trip me up too. oh yeah to be like wait a second i remember this very publicized suicide right and then it never even was a thing hmm. um so yeah so then we kind of get into there's a lot of smaller yeah, examples like one offs pretty much i think those are really the only like big 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 ones um so jiffy versus jiff peanut butter i was that's like hit me hard yeah i was like wait a second so a lot of people remember there being a jiffy peanut butter yeah um, i would have i would have sworn up and down that that was a thing same i remember okay this is another one that i didn't even know this was a mandela effect thing until i researched this right um i was at the store years ago buying peanut butter and i remember grabbing a jar of Jif and I, I thought to my, I remember vividly thinking to myself, Oh, they must've rebranded. You mean, you mean gif peanut butter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, clearly. Yeah. Ugh. we won't even get into that. No, that's, that's for another day. My Jolton retriever. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I remember thinking they must've rebranded. I remember the Jif logo looking very weird to me because mm-hmm. it looked short. Right. I remember thinking, Oh, this happens like brands, kind of consolidate their name a little bit. Right. They change it up like Dunkin' Donuts changing to Dunkin'. Yep. Whatever. True. So I'm like, oh, like Jif is a more grown up sounding peanut butter. I don't know. I guess, yeah. Instead of Jiffy. So I was like, oh, maybe they just did a whole thing. Mm. And yep. it wasn't until I researched this that I was like, wait a second. It was never Jiffy? Right. So people think they're just blending Jif and Skippy in their mind. Uh, and then you throw in a little bit of a, um, is, is Jiffy Lube a thing in other yes. states? So, so yeah. like there is something called Jiffy, Jif, Skippy. It all just kind of like this, this, gets into a yeah. pot in your brain. You're exactly. just like, I don't know. Just throw it all together. Yeah. yeah that one, that one screwed me up. Yeah. So yeah, there has never been a Jiffy peanut butter. Weird. Which is really sad. QX Files theme. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Get on that name. Right. Um, so uh, Tom Cruise in Risky Business. A lot of people remember in that classic scene of him in the like button down shirt and socks mm-hmm. that he was wearing sunglasses in that scene. He was not. Hmm. So this could be blowing some people's minds. I don't know if I ever saw Risky Business. So. I don't think I ever did, but I know of it as like a cultural touchstone. Yeah. I, know I mean, I've of that seen scene. that scene. Right. And this one did. I mean, it didn't mess with me too much because it's not like I saw the movie a million times, but I do. I was kind of like, wait a minute. Really? I, I would have believed either way. I yeah. would have believed if you told me that he people thought he was wearing sunglasses, but he wasn't. But I also would have believed people thought that he wasn't wearing sunglasses, but he was right. Either way I would have believed it. I got very confused doing my notes because in all of my examples, I tried to be sure that I put the quote unquote wrong one first. Right. And then the right one second. And there were, there's so many of these that are so similar that I had to like recheck several times to be like, wait, (laughs) which one's the right one. Right. Um, Yeah. Some people think that there was like a movie poster, I think for risky business where he had sunglasses again, people just like put it together. Right. But I don't know when I picture that scene in my head, I feel like I do. I feel like I remember the sunglasses like being a thing. Like he either put them on or took them off during his little dance montage, but no, Hmm. no sunglasses. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. This, this one for me is kind of a big one. Looney tunes. Oh yeah. Okay. So people remember it very vividly being Looney Tunes T-O-O-N-S. Yes, I remember it that way. Me too. Like, short for cartoons. Uh, right, like cartoon. But it's actually Looney Tunes T-U-N-E-S. See, that's fucking wild. It's, what the fuck? So, that was definitely one when I did my poll on Instagram. Mm. 
almost everybody said tunes with right. two O's. It's not only like what I remember, but it's also like the most logical. It makes sense. Like when I try to like remove any sort of like memory from it, I just think of like what would make the most sense. Yeah. It's that. So apparently there was a thing called Tiny Tunes, T-O-O-N-S, and then oh, Loon Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, so people think that they merged. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, fucking tunes. And some people, so in my research, some people even swore that they saw this switch happen on physical items. Okay. That's wild. Somebody, a commenter on that site mentioned seeing it as tunes with two O's in a store, like on toys or whatever. Right. And then a few weeks later, she went to the same store and saw it spelled T-U-N-E-S. She said it like made her so upset that she left the store. <laughs> she was like, what? I feel that though. Yeah. Um, another commenter said she remembers being on the Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-S website, um, while she was reading the Mandela Effect forum and that she remembers her computer sort of like blipped and changed it to Looney Tune, T-U-N-E-S. Huh. What the fuck? Interesting. So there's, there's definitely people out there in all of these examples or even just randomly who remember there being like a blip like a physical like like a jump cut from one reality to another yeah it's wild an an inflection point if you will exactly um my friend jess sent me an example of that happening to her it's fascinating she also remembers shazam and various other mandela effect things Um, but she said she remembered in, she said, maybe 1996 or 1997, she said, quote, I was sitting at my childhood kitchen table eating breakfast, and there was a glass sliding door where you could see outside, and all of a sudden, it was completely dark outside, moon was out, and stars, and maybe 30 seconds later, morning again. I told my mom, who was doing dishes, that it was weird that it went dark and then light again, but she said she didn't notice. Hmm. So, she said, like, obviously, that moment has stuck with her for a long time. Yeah. Um, And that she feels like maybe that's when she kind of jumped to, again, we're going to go way more in depth about this concept, but maybe that's kind of when she jumped to a different timeline. Interesting. Um, But yeah. And so people remember like seeing kind of like cartoon characters poking their heads through the O's of tunes, which I Googled that and I can see a little confusion there because um, so in particular, I found a lot of pictures of Porky Pig. Yep. poking his head out of so like at the end of that there'd be like that circular thing that would kind of like close mm-hmm. and then it would kind of like open again and like somebody would pop out and then right. it would close again and also there's pictures of porky pig popping out of a drum hmm. like a big drum so like on Can that part fabulate. i could see yeah it got hmm. merged but i swear i would have sworn it was tunes with two o's it's it's fucking cartoons yeah loony tunes. it makes far less sense if it's tunes like why like tune was like music right like there was music in looney tunes but like it wasn't like a musical show like it was about cartoons yeah it messed with a lot of people yeah myself included so yeah let us know what you remember it being um curious george does not have a tail would have sworn he had a tail despite people remembering him having a tail right this one for me I think it looks weird, the pictures of him with no tail. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I didn't remember any specific way. And I could very easily see that you just expect a monkey to have a tail. Right. Um, Somebody did comment. I think my friend Sarah commented. And I forget what kind of monkey he's supposed to be. But I think maybe the type of monkey he's meant to be doesn't have a tail. But like, who the 
fuck knows that? Well, I know. You know and what like, I mean? Like your brain's not going to like be like, oh, yeah, he doesn't have a tail because he's a freaking Reese's monkey. Like, no. <laughs> wow. That's a real type of monkey. It's a real monkey. Yeah. Reese's monkey. Do Reese's monkeys not have tails? I, that's hmm. literally the only... The genus type of, monkey. of monkey that I know. Wow, that's like the really random. Monkey. It's because they test they test blood. There's a oh. blood, it's like Rh negative test or something. Interesting. It's a way to test blood. Anyways, it's hmm. cool. It's the random knowledge I have. Yeah, I mean, you'd think with it being like a kids' cartoon, you think you just give the monkey a fucking tail, right? Like no, 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 like biology, like biologist child is watching that. Like, wait a second, that specific, like based on like his snout and his like, yeah, he's a monkey that like does extraordinary things that monkeys can't do. Right. And you can't even do the cool monkey thing where they like throw their tail up on a branch and then right. go through the trees. Hang He's... by its tail to grab. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have sworn that he had a tail. Yeah. My it, memory tells me that he has a tail. If you look at pictures side by side, the tail one looks more correct. It makes way more sense. But again, is that just because we expect it right. or because he actually had one? Don't know. Hmm. Um, Sex in the city versus sex and the city. This is one where it's like I could again both ways. Yeah, I, I, never, I don't. I, I don't. I don't have a strong opinion. No, I never watched that show. To me, sex in the city sounds more correct, but apparently it is sex and the city. See, to me, sex and the city sounds more correct. Really? So maybe, hmm. maybe that was always that way in my timeline. Yeah. See, that's well. Yeah, we're gonna we'll get there. We will get there. Um. To me, it, it just sounds odd, sex and the city. It's like, I don't know, man. Hmm. It sounds wrong. Somebody, of course, again, with things maybe being photoshopped, somebody claims to have a sex and the city perfume from the time, because hmm. that was a thing that people did, like made perfumes for tea. I don't even know. Classic, like, 90s. Yeah. Um, and they claim that the version they have says sex in the city. So, of course, there's, like most of the stuff, there's always some theory that somewhere along the line they changed it and for whatever reason instead of just acknowledging the change they like scrubbed the past right. of whatever it was so people are like convinced that it changed or it's like a cheap knockoff brand that yeah that could also be huh, I, I follow several that. like instagram and reddit pages where it's just like crappy off brands and hmm. it's just really bad bootlegs from third world countries that would be a pretty easy mistake to make too yeah and then it's always like a supreme shirt, but it's like Supreme yeah. with an O. Hmm. Looks like yeah. So damn, I didn't even think about that being a obvious thing. I mean, my obvious explanation was that it was photoshopped, or which could also well. be, but it could yeah, just be a shitty knockoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Febreze with two E's versus Febreze with one E. This one for me has no. I have no strong opinion. No emotional attachment. I would. This. I guess I would do it with two E's if I had to. If I just had to write it out. Yeah. Again, it, it's kind of got the word breeze in there. Yeah. We're spelling it the way it's supposed to. Wait, so what's the correct way? The correct is just one E. Oh. Yeah. Which again, I, I yeah. saw like the pictures. If So if you Google Mandela effect, you can probably find like several dozen lists oh, of yeah. all of these. And most of them will have the photos side by side of like mm-hmm. the photoshopped versus non. And this one in particular, when I looked at it, I was like, eh, they both look fucked up to me. Yeah. <laughs> Febreze <laughs> That's is not how not... you spell Febreze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just wrong. So, um, Oscar Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R versus Meyer, M-A-Y-E-R. So the M-E-Y-E-R, that's the correct way? No, that's the incorrect way. It's spelled M-A-Y-E-R. It's like Oscar Oscar Meyer. So this one, my friend Molly, a lot of shout outs in this episode. I like it. Yeah, right. 
Uh, my friend Molly was quick to point out the fact that there was, they had, you know, their entire big branding point was the song that they had. Yeah. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name or whatever. And I, even that, I remember it being M-E-Y-E-R. But no, it's M-A-Y-E-R. Weird. You can find on YouTube the commercials and they say M-A-Y-E-R. And these hmm. are commercials from, I don't know exactly what year, but a long time ago. Right. Weird. I, that's another one where it's like, if I had to spell it, I probably would have gone with the E. Yeah. It's got Berenstein, Berenstain. Yeah. Same idea. Yeah. So, um, there's Skechers with a T versus Skechers, just S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S. Is it without the T that's the correct way? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, you just pick the one that's more fucked up and you're like, oh, that must be the real one. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, the one that's spelled wrong is the right yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's the correct one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm looking at it on my list and Skechers with a T looks right. Mm-hmm. Like not. sketch, like you draw something. Yeah. Like a group so, of Skechers. So what the hell is Skechers? Should have looked that up what the hell it means. Is it somebody's name? <laughs> Ronald Skechers. John Skechers. <laughs> Started uh, this line of yeah. shitty shoes. That are look literally awful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. But yeah, no, no T. Again, hmm. I'm looking at the list. And again, you can find the logo side by side. Sketchers with a T looks. Yeah. Yeah. How can I be on all these wrong timelines? I know. Some of these are, I feel like, are more confabulation than. Yeah like a a constant like because like you know people can't spell i'm not that great at That's spelling true. i just kind of wing it most of the time if i didn't have autocorrect on my phone i'd be all over the place i'm i'm yeah. surprised by the spelling of words on a daily basis <laughs> yeah so most of these don't apply to you <laughs> no and especially when you get into like proper nouns like dude it's just like, mm. oh yeah when you get into yeah brand names people's last names mm-hmm. there's no correct spelling no. for anything it's so free for all especially in the days where people name their kids the wildest things. That's true. Just like, oh my god, yeah. Oh, I can't remember now the one example that I sent you guys of a really terrible name. Oh my god, what was it? Because it was like otherwise a really pretty name, but they spelled it basically phonetically. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I could remember now. We should not say it in case somebody who's listening. It's is true. Named that. We shouldn't knock any particular names, but there. You guys just, know what we're talking about. I'm just saying, you yeah, know there those are some names, names where it's like kind of a normal name, but it's spelled wrong somebody thinks that it's really clever mm-hmm. to spell it way differently so that their child the ho- their whole life will have to correct people on the spelling of their name like how i'm naming my son fox but it's going to be p-h-o-x <laughs> fox molding or with two x's yeah Ooh, yes. p-h-o-x-x and like maybe put some of those dots over the o yeah oh and umlau it's yeah. good. good there we go all right <laughs> i'm gonna cool. tell abby yeah Gray is not doing this, by the way. No, God, no. I am naming him Fox, but not. Uh, yeah. Just F-O-X. It's an awesome name. After Fox News. No, just kidding. Oh, no. Dude. People are going to think that. They might think that. I hope not. God. Listen to the past episodes. If they really knew you, though, they would know that it was Fox Mulder. Yeah. But it's still, it's a sweet name. Even without Fox Mulder. Right. But that just, like, takes it up. Oh, yeah. Multiple notches. But even Fox as a name is just cool. Um. Anyways. So, yeah, the spelling stuff for me... As much as a lot of it looks wrong to me, it really is. You very can easily be like, well, yeah, you just filled in the gap. You don't like study brand names that often. You're not like staring at it. You pass by the store at the mall or you see the catalog or you see it online or whatever, but you're not like, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, you're not, you're not reading it. You're like just looking at it like it's a picture. Exactly. You're looking at the word like a picture. So you're just seeing like you're, you're paying more attention to like the, the graphic design of it than you are the 
the word itself. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would assume things based on the way that you would spell things normally. Yep. And you're not actually reading the word every time you see the brand name. Oh, right. And once you have your idea of what it is in your head, you're really never going to look at it that closely right. because your brain's just filling it in. Right. And they there was a whole quiz on that. It was actually fascinating. One of them was just giving you the color combos of hmm. really popular brands and you were guessing what it was. Right. And I got a surprising, I was went into it thinking there's no way. And right. I got a lot of them right. It's amazing how much you just, I, like yellow and red mm-hmm. is McDonald's. Oh yeah. It just is, which is insane. It's used for so many other things, but like your number one thing for most people, at least in America, I would say, right. is going to be McDonald's because that's just their thing. It's Definitely always been their thing. So there was a lot of stuff like that. So I think if you did that same quiz with like a general shape and color of a brand name, you would probably know a lot of them. Oh, yeah. You internalize advertising more than you would like to. That's literally the whole point of it. Yeah. So like I can kind of even like I can picture the Skechers logo in my head. I can picture like the colors basically. So mm. it's like the actual word is less important. Um, This was a big one. Um, A lot of people remember being taught that Eli Whitney, yes. the inventor of the cotton gin, Mm-hmm. was a black man. I I also remember that. Would have sworn up and down. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm confabulating Eli Whitney with the guy who discovered peanut butter. Exactly. I think my brain is putting those two people together. Yeah. But I remember I remember having the thought that it was like a perverse sense of irony that a black man invented the cotton gin mm-hmm. at the height of American slavery. Exactly. I remember having that thought. And so it's like figuring out that he wasn't that was like because I, I while I was researching this episode, that's when I like re I had read that way back when I first got on the Medalla effect, but researching for this episode, I saw it again and I was like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like I again would have sworn up and down, you know, I went he was a black man. Yeah. And that was a great irony of American history. Exactly. Me too. But he was a white man. He was a white man. And so that to me, there were a lot of people so this kind of I forget when it was, but this exploded a little bit on Twitter. Where somebody, I think a black person posted on Twitter, like, mm. here's the time of year where I remind y'all that white people learned, like a bunch of white people learned that Eli Whitney was black or wasn't black. Mm. No, learned that he was black. Yes. Yes. And so a lot of people responded being like, I totally learned that too. Mm-hmm. Like, thanks a lot, Illinois public schools or whatever public schools. Maine Catholic schools. And I was like, I really don't think that this was necessarily a faulty teaching of right. all of these different schools. Cause obviously a ton of us from a zillion different schools. Remember that. Right. I think it was a glitch a glitch in the matrix. So, or confabulating the guy. who. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be, but again, it just feels weird when it's so many people. Um, so that's a big one. So let us know if you remember him being black or white. Um, fruit loops, F R U I T versus fruit loops, F R O O T. This is one where I almost feel like I simultaneously hold both memories. Yeah. So for all of you listening, the correct spelling is F-R-O-O-T. Which is wrong. Which is wrong. For the record. Which not the first brand to spell something wrong for the sake of like, it's cute. Right. When I saw pictures, the only thing that made the double O spelling seem more correct is the fact that on the box... All the O's are Fruit Loops. That makes sense. So the two O's in Fruit and the two O's in Loops are all different colored Fruit Loops. That made it seem right. I wonder if at some point it was 
Fruit Loops, like spelt with fruit the correct way. Mm. And some clever graphic designer th- just like did the fruit, the the two actual Fruit Loops on the logo. Yeah. And like, so there was never actually like a um, a conscious change from one to the other, mm. but it was more of just like a, a soft change yeah. where like the two Fruit Loops and fruit technically stood for you and I, but then just over time they're like yeah we're just gonna you know it's two o's now yeah like so it's like it was like a soft change rather than like okay starting now but there's no proof of it ever being the other thing that's that's the whole fucked up thing about the mandela effect is it would not be surprising if for all of these brands if they did change at some point because whatever that happens right but there's no proof of it ever being f-r-u-i-t whoa bless you thank you but somebody was just like, man, we need more fucking Fruit Loops on this box. Mm-hmm. There's already like a bowl of them at the bottom. Right. And there's already two in loops, but like. Yeah, there's already two in need, loops. Like you're yeah, fine. We need more. <laughs> Doesn't You don't need to have your no. product, like the picture in. The how spelling. does how does Fruit Loops have two double O's and Looney Tunes only has one double O? Exactly. Wait, what? Because like oh, lo- yeah, yeah, Looney. Yeah, yeah right. Tunes should be double O. Yeah. No. It's wrong. It's backwards. It's all wrong. This whole world is backwards. So that one's fucked up. Uh, the Monopoly Man with a monocle versus no monocle. This is one that I ascribed to my own um, confabulation, mm. Mr. Peanut. I think yeah. I'm putting Mr. Peanut together. Exactly. With. That's the theory is that people think that, yeah, they saw Mr. Peanut with a monocle. Again, both kind of popular around the same time. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I don't really feel like yeah, I like, see Mr. What, Peanut like very often anymore. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Which, oh, I miss Mr. Peanut. For some reason, yeah. Mr. Peanut, like, brings back some happy memories for yeah, me. Right? Hey. I don't know why. It was just maybe this, that time frame was a good time. Better days. Better days, man. Pre-9-11. But, but Monopoly Man does not have a monocle. Interesting. Miss so, yeah. Mr. Moneybags or whatever his name is. Yeah. Like, rich, rich uncle Moneybags. Yeah. Something. Which... God, the archetype of capital. Creepy. It would make sense. The archetype of capitalism would have a monocle. I know. Well, and that's that's the big thing is you take Mr. Peanut, then there's this rich guy with Monopoly. We think of rich guys cartoonishly having monocles because mm-hmm. that's just a thing, right? And but no, he doesn't. Hmm. Again, you can look at pictures. Yeah, the picture with the monocle looks more correct. It does. I have to admit. But nope. Sorry to burst all of your bubbles. <laughs> um, Pikachu's tail. Yeah. With black on the tip versus no black. Right. It does not have black on the tip. This, so I remember this back when I was into Pokemon as a child. Um, I remember thinking that like in my mind, cause I remember, like I remember in the moment, I remember seeing like Pikachu with like the little black stripe on his tail Yeah, and thinking that must be like the Japanese version hmm. and thinking that like the American version didn't have the black on the tail interesting i had that thought while i was into pokemon so you remember seeing both i remember seeing both yeah like i see in different contexts like i feel like i saw pikachu with no black on his tail in more officially licensed contexts where like Hmm. pokemon was like definitely like partnering with someone or it was like a Pokemon game itself. Mm. And I feel like I saw the Pikachu with the black on black stripe on the tail in sort of like more like questionably authorized mm. circumstances where it would be kind of just like a, um, I don't know, like an internet website or something that just seemed less official. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's correct. So wait, the blacktail was on official stuff or no? No, blacktail was on the okay. unofficial things. Interesting. So it seems like almost just like a weird, um, like as a way of maybe like getting around like copyright hmm. of like, oh, like this isn't Pikachu. He has a black stripe on his tail. Yeah, totally you know what different. I mean? Like just enough of a difference. Yeah. Or maybe it was like in, in an early rendering of Pikachu when they were designing him, hmm. he had the black on the tail and they got rid of it for the final version. And somehow that unofficial rendering got out. Yeah. But I swear to God, I remember yeah. Pikachu with a black stripe, but it was in conjunction with Pikachu without the black stripe. Yeah. That's bizarre. That's interesting that you remember both. Yeah. Because I, again, I don't remember like in the moment how I felt about it or what I saw, but I do, it's definitely one of those, the pictures side by side, the one with the black tail looks totally correct. Oh yeah. So people think that he has black on the tip of his ears. So it just makes sense. He'd also have it on the tip of his tail. Right. Of course, this is like one of the most easily photoshopped things oh, yeah. that could be out there. Um, some people thought people were getting confused because in some of like the Game Boy games and stuff, it would be sort of like the outline of Pikachu would make the tip of the tail look black huh. more easily, I guess, than like a illustration. Right. So people were getting confused by that. Um, but I don't know. It just looks really wrong. But yeah, it's one of those things. If you Google, you can find both. And it's impossible to know. Right. It's the only like downside of the internet, yeah. I think in a way is that you just don't ever know what the hell is right. No. Because people can fuck with it. Yeah. There's and, an unlimited amount of correct images and an unlimited amount of photoshopped images. Yeah. And anybody can say, oh yeah, I found this. Mm-hmm. And they can do a really convincing job oh, of yeah. photoshopping it. So you're just like, ah. It's a deep fake. Know. Yeah. So um, this one, I have no, my note next to this one is literally just nah. Uh, the hyphen between Kit Kat. I would have spelled Kit Kat with a hyphen. Oh yeah, and I sure. would have assumed that there was a hyphen in the logo, but I am not surprised to see that it is not hyphenated in yeah. the logo. Yeah, the correct correct version is no hyphen. People think there was a hyphen. I have no emotions. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I didn't feel super strongly about that one. No. Again, brand names. You don't see it as a word. You see it as an image. Right. Oh man, I just realized how many more examples there are. We're gonna have to just fly Let's through go. these. Let's go. Okay, uh, the Fruit of the Loom logo. That one fucked me up. This one fucked me up too. I swear to God, there was a, a, a cornucopia. Yeah. Okay, so listeners, people remember there being a cornucopia. I remember. Oh yeah. I oh can, my god. I can picture it in my mind's eye. I don't as know we why speak. I have such vivid memories of the Fruit of the Loom logo of all things, but there yes. used to be a lot of commercials for Fruit of the Loom. There was. Yeah, yeah. I remember a cornucopia, but it's just a pile of fucking fruit. Mm-hmm. Just a pile of fruit not coming out of a cornucopia. Yeah, no cornucopia. So the explanation for that is just that somehow we associate the two. Mm-hmm. If there's going to be a pile of fruit, we often see it with a cornucopia. We have filled it in. Another example, though, of the two brand names logos together, the cornucopia one looks so correct mm-hmm. and arguably better they Wait, should yeah. they should change their logo they should change and it. add a cornucopia again embrace the mandela effect and just change it right and then and they should spell fruit with two o's like fruit loops yeah oh yes <laughs> two o's fruit of the loom oh my god and then the two o's can be like butt cheeks <sighs> what oh underwear. underwear i see <laughs> <laughs> that's just a random thing i think all double o should be butt cheeks there we go um yeah fucked up um, there are people, so this is kind of a random one. There are people who straight up believe that countries have changed locations geographically. Yeah, this is one that I read about, but I've never, I guess I've always been interested in maps and like the globe and stuff. So I've always kind of known where things were in relation to each other. Yeah. 
But um, I have no opinion because you could tell me that basically any country is anywhere and I would just believe you <laughs> because I don't have an interest in maps and cloves. Right. So I remember there was this, I don't know why I stumble upon so many weird quizzes. I just like taking quizzes, I guess. Yeah. There was one where it was basically like a really detailed map of the world with no names on anything. And it would just pop up, like highlight one for you. And you had to like fill in what the country was. I did so badly. <laughs> I knew like five Jeez. big ones, but like, especially like Europe and stuff, like all the little, I've nooks no. and crannies, but there are people like in the, that forum that like they thought Japan used to be further out in the ocean that like Italy has changed angles of how it's jutting out all kinds of things where people are convinced that, which again, I'm like, some of that could be related to like, not to get too deep in the weeds on geography here, but like related to like, um, different projections on maps. Yeah. Like the different projections that you do and like kind of where you focus the map on will distort the edges of the map. Oh, interesting. So if you say, for example, focused your map on like Europe and Japan was kind of off to the side, then (laughs) the distance between Japan and China could be more distorted than if you focused the map projection on Japan itself. That, that would give sense. a more accurate representation. Interesting. So if you're always seeing, like, say, the Mercator projection, which is the most common map projection, I think that's focused on kind of like Africa and Europe in the middle. Mm-hmm. So Japan is off to the side. So it's going to be more distorted along the edges there. Interesting. So that could be part of it. And then you see another projection. Like, whenever you see projections, like Greenland... And like Africa are the same size mm. and it, that's not Africa's freaking huge. Yeah. So. Interesting. That's how I would potentially explain away some of that. Yeah. I have no opinion. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. You no dog in this fight. I could not. If you literally, if you were like, I will kill your entire family. If you <laughs> can, if you can't like draw out the world's countries, my family would be dead. Dead. Like already. I would not be able to do that. Even I could. I could do maybe like i don't know 75 percent probably even, not like, even that high i couldn't even tell you like how close alaska is to the country or like where i know i know it's not on the east coast that is correct but if you had to like if i had to draw where it was in relation to the west coast julian's dead don't know yeah my family <laughs> is dead so no opinion but there are people who have very strong feelings about that interesting um cheese it's with a z at the end versus cheese it with no pluralization? Yeah. Yeah. Che- cheese it is the correct. There is no, it's not cheese it's. Huh. Yeah. Which again, we refer to them as cheese it's. Right. We just assume that there's a Z because cheese is spelled C-H-E-E. Wow. C-H. C-H-E-E-Z. So that hmm. one, yeah. Um, this one messed me up and I still didn't do as much research as I should have. C-3PO. Yeah. Star Wars. Silver leg. Yeah. People think that he's all gold but he actually has a silver piece on his right leg, like basically from his knee down Wait, to you, his... you So you didn't know that? I did not know that. I have never seen more than one movie of Star Wars, yeah. and I fucking knew that. Okay, see, my research, I really wanted to see if that was a thing that... Like, because, you know, he's not human, obviously. He's a machine. Mm-hmm. So my thought was that maybe that existed in some of the movies and not all of them. Maybe that was the confusion. If you look up toys, like C-3PO toys, there mm-hmm. are some toys that he's all gold. Right. And there are some where he has a very obvious silver leg. Mm-hmm. If you look at pictures, stills from the movie, and I didn't go as far in my research as to like watch one of the movies, but right. if you look, find stills, some of the stills, and this could just be lighting and whatever, 
some stills look really obvious, mm-hmm. like super silver, and some are a much more subtle hmm. difference. So my thought was like, maybe it's not all the movies. There are people who, for whatever reason, prefer episodes one, two, and three versus four, five, and six. Maybe it's different in those, and so they don't remember it. That fucked hmm. me up, though. I was like, no way. Interesting. And then I found the stills, and I'm like, oh, my God. I've known about that for a while. Yeah, that's really weird. Um, This one, I'm just going to preface this by saying, if you think that Flintstones is spelled F-L-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-S with no T, you're fucking stupid. Because mm-hmm. it's Flintstone. Flintstones. They're in the... What mm-hmm. the fuck, man? Right. Flint, like as in yeah. the actual thing yeah. that exists. That so, is a flint stone. I'm disappointed in any of you who think that it doesn't have a T. So people don't think it has a T? Yeah. There are people. Does. Yeah, it does have a T, which to me, like that. Obviously, that's not meant. That's not. That's just people, <laughs> that's just people dropping the T while they're saying it real fast. Exactly. Flintstones, which, yeah, I'm I'm not going right. to enunciate it that But that's not but Mandala effect. Exactly. Mandela effect. Just, yeah, my note next to it is literally just the word stupid. <laughs> Um, here's so Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Yep. Life is like a box of chocolates, is what people think it is, but it actually is. Life was like a box of chocolates. He's they're similar words. Mm-hmm. They sound pretty much the same. He doesn't enunciate super clearly. He's got a thick accent, mm-hmm. but people have been misquoting it this whole time. And so I feel like a lot of those movie quote ones are just sort of simplifying or taking a quote and adapting it for use in real life. Exactly. Like, it's not like saying like life was like a box of chocolates is not something you could quote on a day-to-day basis as easily as you could say life is like a box of chocolates. Exactly. So I think it's that's kind of what a lot of those quotes are. Yeah. And there are quite a few. There's um, people think it's mirror, mirror on the wall. It's actually magic mirror on the wall. Right. That one did mess me up a little. That's Yeah, that's kind of wild. Um, Luke, I am your father versus just no, I am your father. Right. Because again, you're trying to give, you're trying to show that you're quoting Star Trek. Right, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. That one did. I had obviously heard that quote many times before I ever saw Star Wars. So mm-hmm. when I f- saw that scene, I remember like waiting for it. I'm like, I know this is mm-hmm. when this is going to happen. And then yep. he just said, no, I am your father. And I was like, what? Wait a second. Yeah. But that to me, that's not me remembering it. That's just, I heard the right. incorrect quote before I ever saw the movie. Um, people think that Hannibal Lecter says hello, Clarice in Silence of the Lambs versus him just saying good morning. That was again. Isn't good evening. Like, hmm? It's good evening, Clarice, isn't it? I thought it was good morning. Mental effect. It was like fifty different timelines. Shoot. But apparently, he does say "Hello, Clarice" in Hannibal. Mm. So, and people like saw the preview for that, even if they didn't see the movie. Right. Um. Smokey the Bear versus just Smokey Bear. Again, in my huh. poll, almost everybody thought it was Smokey the Bear. Yeah. It's actually just Smokey Bear. Smokey Bear. Yeah. Weird. So like his first name is Smokey and his last name is Bear? I guess. Weird. <laughs> yeah. God, cartoons Or like are... he himself is Smokey. I don't know. Right. Shouldn't he, he not be Smokey? He is made of smoke. Is he the one catching the woods on fire? He's a smoke specter. <laughs> my God. That's creepy. That's really creepy. So, hmm. um, and there are like a few random ones that I don't think were very popular. Like some people thought that... Neil Armstrong hadn't died, which again, okay. Did I, he die relatively recently? He passed away in 2012. Yeah. Okay, so, that makes sense to me. But it's like, yeah, if you if you just caught me on a random day and were like, it was like, hey, is Neil Armstrong dead or not? I'd have right. to think about it. Right. I don't fucking remember. I have actually read a lot about him relatively recently, mm. and I had no idea if he was alive or dead or not. Yeah. So. 
he, for the record, just a side note for future episodes, he thinks that he saw a whole colony of spacecraft on the moon oh, during the moon landing. Dang. Can we talk about that in the astronauts and aliens episode? I think so. Yeah. Probably it'll be its own future episode because yeah. Yeah. The alarm from more, more on that later. Yeah. Um, some people remember Patrick Swayze getting cancer and recovering it being like a whole thing that he went into remission, but he didn't, he died from hmm. cancer. Um, and some people thought that Leonardo DiCaprio received an Oscar earlier than 2016 versus when he actually did, but he was nominated like five times. Right. I it's would have thought easy. that he had an, an Oscar before yeah. he got it. I remember when that was a whole big meme for a while that like poor Leo not getting an Oscar again. Yeah. I remember being surprised. Me Just, too. You assume that he would have gotten one because oh, he yeah. is who he is. But right. anyways, those are all the ones that I had. The only other one I had was people think that the Mona Lisa, that her expression has changed over mm. time. Cause I remember as a kid learning about the Mona Lisa for the first time, like part of the like allure of the painting was that she was like completely emotionless mm. as in like her mouth was almost completely straight across and almost frowning. Mm -hmm if anything but now if you look at it i guess it's always been that way but or has it or um she kind of has a slight smile like the corners of her mouth are twitching up rather yeah. than down and i remember it being the exact opposite of that so yeah yeah that was definitely mentioned and that one is i mean it is weird because i remember the same thing i kind of remember always thinking like wow it's like weird that painting is such a big deal because she looks and there's the phrase mona lisa smile Right. You know, so I remember kind of thinking like, that's odd because she's like really not right. smiling. Like, is that, is it an ironic phrase or whatever? And then you see pictures now and you're like, wait a minute. Right. Yeah. So there are more examples of Mandela effect out there, wait. but those are. One more before we stop. Yes. Because I believed this for a while. Oh, shit. Or I have a vague memory of believing this. 51 or 52 states in the United States. Mm, mm -hmm. For some reason, I remember, I want to say it was like early middle school. Yeah. I remember thinking that there was 52 states. That's true. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. It must have been maybe some textbook at some point, like referred to 52 territories of the United States or something. Yeah. But even then, I think if you include territories, there's more than just Puerto Rico. Because there's the 50... 50 states plus Puerto Rico and like the Philippines is a territory, isn't it? Or it was, I don't know. So yeah, but I remember, I almost remember there being 52 states like yeah. that, that I read that and I was like, oh yeah, like brought, like dug up that memory. Yeah. I remember seeing that one too. And I like had so little of an opinion. I do remember though, I, I always remember there being like it almost being a thing that you were corrected on. Right. If you said like, 50 oh, states, somebody being like, oh, don't technically. Forget. Yeah. Yeah. And so or like there's 52 stars on the American flag or something. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's something yeah, something got crossed somewhere. Yeah. So we're going to talk into, talk about, talk into, oh my God. <sighs> talking into microphones right now. Today. I was up a lot last night. Yeah. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Lack of sleep. No, it doesn't help me sleep. <laughs> oh. Um, okay, so. What's going on? What is going on? So thing for me before we get into any theories um that kind of we're going to go into a lot of more scientific explanations of like memory and mm -hmm. how memories can change or how we can perceive them as being changed the thing that weirds me out though is that a lot of people maybe not a lot but there's definitely people who remember some of these mandela effect thing theory wow 
Wow. Mandela effect. This is one of the reasons why it might be good if we edited our episodes sometimes. Yes. Just FYI, if you haven't guessed by now, we don't edit our we episodes. Don't, no, just one take. That's, that's why you get all of this mm-hmm. nonsense. Um, but they remember it kind of starting out one way mm-hmm. and then flipping and then flipping back even. Right. So that kind of blows some of this out of the water for me. But mm-hmm. the simple explanation is a phenomenon called false memories. Right. This was initially investigated by like psychological pioneers, like I don't know how to say this name, but Pierre Genet. Sounds good to me. Um, and Sigmund Freud basically, again, broadly describes memories that people have that either happen differently than they remember or didn't happen at all. This kind of like is a really broad thing. It encompasses a whole lot of different types of false memories um, that can even apply to like repressed memories of like childhood trauma or sexual abuse. Right. Where it's not that you're like remembering something differently in the sense that you aren't remembering at all. Um, which, yeah, we, we could probably go into a whole episode on just false memories. Oh, yeah. Just because it's interesting. It how is. We don't really fully know like why our brain does that or how it does it. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of one idea is that this is just a whole lot of people having false memories. And like confabulation. Like yeah, the human brain kind of works in a similar way with you know given the inputs of so for example for like shazam you're given the input of like simbad wearing that like genie-esque outfit mm-hmm. the actual movie kazam plus the preview of that kazam movie on that sinbad movie or vice yep. versa or whatever you kind of put all those things together and the human brain works in such a way that that confabulation happens to a large group of people yeah in the same way because the human brain all kind of function and process information in a similar way. Exactly. Which I think is fascinating too. Even if that's the explanation, like that's wild. Oh yeah. Like basically every facet of these explanations is wild in its own regard because right. the brain is terrifying. Yes. Um, so even there, so basically all of these theories for me, it was really hard not, not being, a memory expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's your, your uh, one for this episode. Yeah. I am not an mem- expert on memory, but so a lot of these theories have different phrases and different things that apply to memory. And I don't really know how many of them are kind of like the same or similar, like how many of them go together. But, um, it's a lot of kind of like different sides of the same coin, I guess. Right. In a way, it's a lot of different, just your brain doing weird shit. Mm hmm. Um, but like there was a study done in 1974, um, this American cognitive psychologist and expert on human memory, Elizabeth Loftus, um, she investigated the effects of language on the development of false memory. So they did two studies. Um, in one of them, the participants were randomly assigned to watch different videos of a car accident at speeds of 20, 30, and 40 miles per hour. And then afterwards they were asked to estimate how fast the cars were going when they collided but the verb used to describe the collision varied between the people. Hmm. Um, words like smashed, bumped, collided, hit, or contacted. And so the word being used to describe the collision seemed to better predict the estimate in the speed rather than the speed itself. Hmm. So, you know, if you said how fast the car is going when they smashed, you might be more likely to say 40 miles an hour versus right. had contact, you might hmm. say 20. Right. Um, the second study was similar except the wording of the first group's question was smashed. The second group was hit 
And the final group wasn't asked about the speed at all, but whether they recalled seeing broken glass, which there was none in the actual video. Huh. The responses heavily depended on the verb used. So the people in the group where they use the word smashed were much more likely to remember seeing broken glass, even though there wasn't any broken glass. Oh, interesting. Which is wild. Like you just hear that word. You remember seeing the car crash and your brain confabulates the two. Yeah. Huh. So that's wild to me. Um, and then similarly, like there is sort of this idea that you, if you saw something and were asked to remember it later, if it's something that's kind of stereotypical, you would sort of fill in what you would expect to see in that space versus what you might've actually seen. Right. Um, they did a study where subjects were invited into an office and were told to wait. And after they waited in there for a little bit, they had to recall what was in the office. Um, they recognized objects consistent with what is typically seen in an office, things like a stapler or a computer or whatever. Right. Um, even when those objects weren't in the office at all. Hmm. And on the flip side, if there was something kind of random, like, a guitar or something sitting in the corner, they wouldn't remember seeing that guitar. Cause it didn't fit the stereotype in their head. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it kind of, that's an example of like how the memory reconstruction process can work. So mm -hmm. when you recall an event, you use memories around it and you kind of take elements or pieces of other events and kind of fit them where they make sense. If you, you know, don't have a brain that like remembers every single detail, which I think most of us don't, you just kind of fill it in with like things that you've seen in movies that are similar or, Right. Actual things you've seen in real life that are things that just make sense to you to be there. Right. Which is fascinating. Hmm. That makes sense scientifically. Yeah. To explain at least some of these. Right. Like pretty much all of these theories, I feel like there could be some bit of it, which to me is why this topic is unknowable in the sense that we can't say for sure that like any one of these things is what's happening. And the fact that there's so many of us remembering similar things, but also different things. Like right. there are people who maybe can apply every one of those Mandela effect things to their own life. And some of them can maybe only have a couple, you right. know, and a lot of us are different. There might be like, you don't remember Shazam, but I do. Right. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. Or we remember different spellings of brands. Like right. there's just, there's no definitive whatever. Um, yeah. There's how memories are stored and retrieved in the brain. So the physical location of a memory in the brain is often called a memory trace. Okay. During consolidation, the memory trace is transferred from temporary sites like the hippocampus to permanent storage sites in the prefrontal cortex. So prior learning creates this framework for similar memories are stored like close together in close proximity. Makes um, sense. This fr framework is known as a schema. So a recent study confirmed that shared memory traces are organized in similar ways from one individual to the next. Okay. So you and I would have very similar storage processes right um so we kind of think that the more you remember something like the more you go back to like a childhood memory the stronger that memory gets but really um recalling a memory so it activates the neurons that compose the memory trace which spurs them to form new connections so the altered circuitry kind of becomes stable again and the memory is reconsolidated um which can reinforce learning over time because you are taking it apart, putting it back together. And you maybe even are kind of learning to associate it with different things as you like right. remember it and re learn it over and over, but taking it apart and putting it back together again also makes it vulnerable to lose some of its clarity, which hmm. is interesting. So 
one of the examples was that at some point in their education, most Americans learned that Alexander Hamilton was one of the founding fathers, right. but not a U.S. president. Right. But because they did a study on false memory subjects and they were more likely to incorrectly select Hamilton as a president rather than several actual past presidents <laughs> because most likely the neurons encoding information about Hamilton were activated at the same time as neurons encoding information about former presidents. Right. And again, that taking apart and putting back together. Cause like all the founding fathers were presidents. So your brain just kind of lumps Hamilton in, or the memory of Hamilton. It gets lumped in with the, the people who were actually presidents. And so, yeah, it's functionally the same remembering Ben Franklin or Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to me that you, yeah, you would think that just like the more you remember something, the more you think about it, the stronger it gets. And that is also true, but it does just leave it open to getting fucked with. Right. And again, the fact that they're just stored near each other means that when your memory recalls that it's also just thinking about the presidents and in your mind, you're just like, yeah. Hmm. So Yeah. Um, this is like fascinating to me. I oh, know, memory is wild. There's the idea of presupposition. Oh no! Oh no! That's gonna be loud. <laughs> uh, to everybody listening, um, Justy's microphone literally just fell off of the mic stand and hit the table. Great. So right? that I wasn't even touching it. it is it is unknowable why that had just happened. It really is. <laughs> Very sorry for all of that. Maybe <laughs> Nate will actually edit that out. Maybe you won't. Nope. Not I'm doing it. Oh, that's a big spike. Ooh, yeah. Okay. We'll, just, we'll let him know about that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. There is the idea of presupposition. Um, if a person was asked about a wallet they had seen, the wording versus like what shade of blue was the wallet versus what color was the wallet makes a big difference. Right. As far as what they would remember. Um, again, asking them what shade of blue already puts in their brain that it was blue. Like primes them to think, remember it as blue. Exactly. So even if maybe they, it wasn't blue. Right. They might, their brain might just be like, oh yeah. Um, so the idea of this is that if your brain can be influenced by a true piece of information, it could also be equally influenced by a false piece. So if you did see a blue wallet and somebody asked you what shade of blue it was, that right. is going to make your recall of the shades stronger because they're already priming you for like what shade of blue. Right. And you're like, oh yeah, it was blue. It was dark blue or whatever. But even if it wasn't blue for a lot of people that could just make them remember it as being blue. Because right. you've just put that idea in their head, <laughs> which again is fucked. Yeah, it's wild. Our brains are fucked. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of like the idea of suggestibility even is why like in a court of law, it can be, a question could be objected to if it's thought of as leading. Right. If you are kind of in a way, yeah, you're compromising, compromising the fidelity of their memories. If you're asking them things that are implying like, so what time was it when he killed right. that woman or whatever you were like putting in their head that he did do it. Right. Type of thing. So that's why. Um, so again, even asking people, do you remember the 1990s film Shazam that starred Sinbad as a genie? Right. That could be setting up a lot of people to remember it as mm -hmm. happening, even if it didn't. Potentially confabulating it with Kazam. Yeah. Because you're basically telling them that there was this movie that starred Sinbad. So some people, yeah, might still be like, no, that wasn't a thing. But there will be people who are like, oh, yeah. Right. Which hmm. just fucks with my whole reality. Oh, yeah. Reality is fake. Um, relational processing. So memory retrieval in our brain has verbatim and gist representations. 
is interesting too. Verbatim matches to individual occurrences, like somebody saying, I don't like dogs because I was bit by one when I was five. Right. Just matches just to general inferences. So I don't like dogs because they're mean. Right. Um, so there's like this fuzzy trace theory which suggests that false memories are stored in just representations so that it's not your more detailed recollection of something. It's just like a general. Right. Memory. Like so. more of like an impression than a recording. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> clearly I delved way more into yes. the memory part because you're just like sitting here waiting for alternative dimensions. <laughs> I'm waiting to get <laughs> like here. Like timelines. Yep. Um, there's the idea that creative or greater creative imagination and dis- dissociation play a factor. So somebody hmm. with a much more creative imagination in another, in other parts of their life would have these false memories and like remember them much more clearly and vividly than somebody who doesn't hmm. makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Like just your brain is better at coming up with imaginary things which is good in a lot of instances, but in instances like this, right. you've convinced yourself that something is real because you can so vividly construct it in your brain. Like I am not, I do not ever want to have to be like a, a witness to something, like a witness to a crime. Yeah. I would not be accurate. I would be so, like I'd probably get like the the major sort of like parts of whatever happened, but like yeah. the details, no, no, don't, don't rely on me. Me too. I am the stereotypical unreliable narrator yeah. in a book or a movie. I'm also terrible at remembering like what people look like. Mm-hmm. I feel like even I have talked about this in an episode before where I feel like even if somebody told me to draw what Nate looks like, my husband, <laughs> yeah. I th- might still have trouble with that. Just there again, there are a lot of like, it's the same idea as a brand name mm-hmm. or logo. You see something so often. Yeah. You aren't studying all the individual parts of it. You're looking at it as a whole. Yeah. You're looking at it as a whole. So if somebody even asked me like how like bushier Nate's eyebrows or like, you know, what's the general shape of his face or whatever. Like I might not like, I'd have to think about that right? in a sense because I'm looking at him like he looks like Nate to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention to the shape of his eyes. Right. So if I had to like, instruct somebody to draw a picture of him i think i would not do a very good job <laughs> i'd be like yeah right he looks like a dude um which again dissociation also can relate back to trauma let's theorize that people who have greater trauma in their life are more susceptible to false memories um because of that trauma's impact on their brain's ability to like, like correctly encode access, memories and yeah, stuff yeah to encode them to access them um, individuals who feel under greater social pressure might be more likely to acquiesce to them, especially if like somebody is kind of like, yeah, of course this happened. Like, didn't it? Like you might be more likely to be like, yeah. Right. And again, not even just that you're agreeing just to agree, but that your brain might insert that memory in a sense. Right. Which again is trippy. Um, they are, there are what's called source monitoring errors. <laughs> Instances where people fail to distinguish between real and imagined memories. Um, This U.S. professor of psychology, Jim Cohen, demonstrated this with the Lost in the Mall procedure. Um, He gave his family members short narratives describing childhood events. One was about his brother being lost in a shopping mall was invented. But not only did his brother believe the event occurred, he also added additional details to the memory. Wow. Um, And that, again, that Elizabeth Loftus, who did that, car crash thing she applied the technique to a larger sample and 25 percent of the participants failed to recognize whatever the false event was right 
It's messed up. That's wild. I, I believe that. I've definitely had times where I'm like, did that really happen? Or was that just like a dream I had? Or did I just yeah. like make that up? Oh, yeah. It's like, part of my narrative. It is bizarre. It's like you do your brain is just like this whole mishmash of things that really happened, things that like you thought and felt about the thing that really happened, a movie that you saw that was similar, right? like other things that made you feel the same way, like a story that you heard from somebody else. Right. And at some point I think it can be hard to just, yeah, distinguish like what part of that was actually Real. accurate because yeah, your emotional reaction to an event does shape your memory of it. Right. If, something really small happened, but it hurt you very deeply. You might remember that being a more dramatic instance Oh yeah. where in reality it might've been barely anything. Right. But to you, it felt more intense. And so you remember it as such when, if you had to describe that to somebody else, it wouldn't maybe be an accurate recollection of what happened. Right. Because to you, it was just different. Um, and again, so yeah, essentially I think our memories are really vulnerable to outside influence, which I don't think a lot of us want to think. Right. We want to think that our memories are intact, especially there's a lot of like, I don't know, like negative connotation to losing your memory, to like losing your mind, to not trusting your own recollection of things. Right. So people want to think that what they remember is real. And the idea, I think that it isn't real really messes with a lot of people where right might make them dig their heels deeper into the memory that they are convinced of just because you don't want to think that you made something up. Right. So that's pretty powerful. It's wild. Yeah. So (laughs) So that brings us to the funnest theory. Yeah. So one of the fun theories that we maybe won't go into too much is the theory that we live in like a simulation. That one makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So Star Trek fans think of like the holodeck. (laughs) Yeah. The holodeck for people who don't watch Star Trek is essentially like, um, it's basically a place that you can go to experience simulated events. Right. So you're in this room, which Nate and I have a lot of (laughs) plot holes that we found with the holodeck, just in the sense that the holodeck exists as like a finite space. You're on a ship there. It's only like one room's worth of actual physical space. Right. But within the holodeck, you can like climb a mountain or whatever, you know? So it's like, you aren't actually traveling that distance, but the holodeck makes it seem like you are. Huh. And the idea is that it's sort of like, um, like if you're playing like Mario, you know what I mean? Like you can only see the screen yeah. and things so are the like screen moving. is moving around you. Yeah. Yeah. And except in Mario, like in some of the Mario games, you can't go backwards. Like once you've gone, you can't go back and the holodeck you can. And it's just the like, idea that the simulation is moving along, but the space actually isn't, but we're still like, that's still at some point you're going to hit something, right? Like, I don't know. Anyways, the idea is that we're basically living in the giant holodeck. Yes. As people like Elon Musk have proposed that we are living in a simulation. I guess the idea would be that we are some sort of, I guess it's open for interpretation, like where we all actually are, but it could be like, like sort of like a matrix situation where we're all just like plugged in to collective consciousness somewhere. And so our real physical beings are, we're just plugged in somewhere. And so everything that we're experiencing in the world around us is just a computer simulation. Um, Or I guess the idea would be that we are living in a simulation, like we are a species that has been basically put into like a zoo by like a more intelligent species than we are. <laughs> and so we've been put in this this gilded cage and we're all being fed a simulated reality in such a way 
that we think we know what's going on around us, but really it's the the alien overlords just giving us stuff to worry about and stuff to distract us so that we don't realize that we're trapped on planet Earth Dang. and not actually experiencing all of this. And so I guess then the idea would be that, you know, in our childhoods or, you know, in the simulation, there are glitches, basically, that make it so we experience, like, say, we saw the movie shazam when we were kids yeah and then um once you get to like nowadays 20 30 years later there's been a glitch and that whole part of the simulation is is gone but the part of the simulation that is being simulated in our brains or our memory is still intact Mm -hmm. so it is in some ways like deleting something from the internet but the internet being the world around us right which would explain a lot of things. I don't necessarily subscribe to the simulation like theory of existence, but it would explain a lot of things and I don't think it's patently ridiculous. Right. I surprisingly I think even talking about the Mandela effect on Facebook and Instagram recently mm-hmm. have seen more people than I would have expected mentioning to me that like oh yeah, it's because we live in a simulation. It's almost like an acceptable sort of like not even like necessarily fringe theory Mm. but just like a possible explanation for the world we live in because like famous and intelligent people have yeah like co-signed it basically well it's in a way i think it's almost like a comforting thing yeah bizarrely as much as that on the surface sounds terrifying and is but the idea that what's happening in our world is not really happening right and that almost like we're part of like this experiment or something is a little bit easier to swallow. That's mm-hmm. to me a sign of how fucked up things are right now. Yeah. It's easier to swallow the idea that we are somehow plugged into a fake reality. Right. Versus accepting that this is just how things really are. <laughs> this, is, this is real life. And a lot of people, again, they think you mentioned before we recorded feeling like you maybe hit a blip the election night 2016 yep exactly i think a lot of people feel that way and i think a lot of people hope that that's what happened that we somehow it does feel unreal Mm -hmm. that we jumped from where we were with obama things like feel tangibly different in like the zeitgeist of where we are at the moment oh for sure and i think that's kind of like a hopeful thing for people is that maybe we just blipped into a different I don't know. This was just some test of the, our false reality Yeah, that they were I just feel like, like, Hey, that's a dangerous, that's like a dangerous thought though, because then like, why try to change anything? Well, right. Why buy an electric car? Yeah. Why try to fight climate change? Um, if everything's predetermined and we're living in a simulation and none of this is real. Yeah. Like why even bother trying to make anything better? Because True. it's all up to whoever's running the simulation the new world order. Exactly. Who's running? Yeah, there's an episode. Yep. And even really the idea of these glitches in the matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are much of a Reddit reader, like yeah. I am, like Gray is maybe. Mm-hmm. You're oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I referenced glitches in the matrix. Right. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole subreddit. It's oh, fascinating. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to do an episode on just that where we will talk more about the this whole theory of us being in simulation because that's kind of where a lot of that ties in where there are a lot of stories that people have Mm -hmm. of these glitches relatively minor in the grand scheme of things but yeah 
relatively minor that I just can't write them all off as people having like brain injuries right. or mini strokes or just remembering things incorrectly. There's a lot of shit that I think if you, again, playing video games or using the computer or whatever, mm-hmm. there are things that happen that are, that can be correctly described as a glitch where it's just this weird little blip yeah, and something is just either just changes in an instant or repeats itself. Yeah. It repeats itself. There's a lot of people saying like a lot of examples of glitches in the matrix of like, I was driving home from work, a route that I go every single day. Right. And this one day I like turned right onto what should have been this street. And I was in a totally different part of the city. Right. Just out of nowhere. Hmm. And like, it took them a long time to get home or they were driving along a road. They always drive on and It took them like an hour instead of 10 minutes you know, kept seeing like the same thing over and over, or they were in a totally unrecognizable part of Hmm. where they live, where they had never been before. Just stuff like that, where it's like, that's something odd. That's right. And again, so small that you can't figure out why it happened. You're never going to get an answer. Right. So yeah, there's gonna be a whole episode on that because there's like a million of them and they are the coolest thing. And so like, these would be examples of like major glitches in the matrix that like affect large portions of the population. So that would be rather than like one individual person's perception of the simulation changing, that would be the simulation itself changing. Mm. And like we've mentioned a few times, like the idea of like an inflection point or a blip where there's maybe some sort of tangible visual cue that things are different, or it could even be like sort of an emotional or like a felt experience of feeling like, things just feel different after some event Mm -hmm. like your friend who like all of a sudden it was dark outside and then it was light again. Um, Like there are these like moments where people have like a smaller glitch in the matrix that could signal some sort of shift in the, either the simulation or our timeline or our reality. Yeah. A lot of, there are people who experienced these glitches in the matrix, not the Mandela effect, but just, yeah, that one off glitches that similarly said that they felt like after that happened, things were different. Like, and some of them couldn't describe how or why. Right. Just things just didn't feel the same after that. Right. Which is bizarre. Like, and yet nothing really changed. And maybe for some of them, some minor things did, but again, things so small that you could never pinpoint it. You could never like the one guy I think was talking about, like, I just felt like things at work were different. Like people treated me differently at work all of a sudden. Not in a major way, not anything extreme, but just enough that he noticed it and was like, what, this isn't what my reality was before. Right. And he could kind of like, a lot of them could pinpoint it to that one weird thing that happened. Right. That just everything kind of shifted. And again, so that brings us to alternative realities. Right. And this is where this all kind of gets confused because glitches in the matrix can be um, simulation related. Right. Literally, we're in a video game or whatever you want to call it. Right. And that it's kind of more, I don't even know like the words to describe that, (laughs) that it is, it's like, it is an alternate reality, but it's, yeah, it's a simulated, falsified, planned, intentional reality that somebody is inflicting on us. Right. Versus this idea of slipping into a different reality or a different timeline is more of like a very theoretical Right. Kind of like, and there's no, there's no sort of like 
central creator or there's no person who's like directing reality. Right. I guess that's the difference between the simulation and the alternate reality. Mm. Like you could, in the simulation model of the universe, you could have alternate timelines and alternate realities. But ultimately, all of those realities and timelines are generated by what essentially amounts to a single creator or a, a, a group of creators Whereas if you subscribe to the just sort of like alternate realities, non-simulation model of the universe, there are these different timelines, different alternate universes and stuff that all exist. But um, since we are both atheists, there is no central creator. There's nobody directing any of this. We're all just being buffeted by the winds of random chance. It's pretty good. Which I think is the the version of it that I subscribe to more mm. because I just it just feels it doesn't feel intentional the way that things happen in our in our universe like many so like we're about to reference a ton of past episodes yeah in this in the in the model of um alternate realities alternate timelines mm. we talked about this a lot in Skinwalker Ranch yep the idea of sort of slipping into another reality that's parallel to ours. It's very similar in 99% of the ways, but there's that, you know, 1% that differs. Yeah. And it's that 1% that's like Mothman. Yeah. Or Bigfoot. Exactly. Or like Skinwalkers. Yeah. And so if the boundary between our reality and the sort of next reality over is fluid and it kind of shifts, then the idea would be that we're in a timeline where it's Berenstein Bears within e mm. and we're just living our lives everything's normal yeah and then one day you hit an inflection point where you cross over or just the whole earth crosses over into a parallel reality yeah. that again is 99.999 percent the same as the old reality one of the only major differences is it's not berenstein bears it's berenstein bears right so your memory of berenstein is authentic to your experience of that original universe but now you're in a new universe or a new reality or a new timeline where it's Berenstain. Yeah. And there's that disconnect where you're like, wait a second. No, I have this very specific memory of it being Berenstain. But all the sort of everything around you is telling you differently. Like that woman at the store seeing Looney Tunes and then going back and seeing Looney Tunes yeah. the other way. Right. And it, it can easily be written off, I think, in a sense, because it's such a small change in the two timelines that some people might again just write it off as like oh i've just misremembered right or even if they are convinced there's no way to prove it and if nothing else has really changed or nothing that you're aware of has changed god this like brings us on so many different tangents oh yeah as far as like because there is the idea that you know every movie or tv show you see where they travel back in time there's always the big stipulation of don't touch anything don't Mm -hmm. change anything because even one tiny change could alter how everything goes in the future. The butterfly effect. Exactly. There's an episode of Family Guy that's like <laughs> Road to the Multiverse. Yeah. And they're trying to like, I forget why they're bouncing around or whatever. But point is, they're just going to all these different universes. Mm-hmm. And yet, some of them are extremely similar and some are extremely different. And that's the whole thing is like, you can't mess with anything. But right. it is like, it's kind of a fun way to see and like of course it's all very exaggerated and cartoonish because it's a cartoon but right it is the idea that there are just all of these different 
universes and it's, yeah, some of them are nowhere close to what we're living in now right. and some are so similar that it's just one little tiny change Indistinguishable, yeah. but you don't know how much that one like little change could make a difference probably berenstein berenstein right doesn't really make a difference at all people remember it differently but like nothing about your life would change from that changing but then there are things that maybe would like them and like you know nelson mandela not dying in prison that would be a probably a pretty major change that would change a lot of current events exactly like for example who won the 2016 presidential election exactly maybe so maybe nelson mandela dying in prison would have made the 2016 election turn out differently but him surviving and dying in 2013 mm. made it so that donald trump got elected yeah you know right and there could be a lot of bigger things like that that whatever so it's the idea yeah that we are Essentially, and there's also like the theory that basically every time there could be multiple like yes. roads that you could take, mm-hmm. that that the other option did happen. Right. Just in a different timeline. There's two timelines. Yeah. I- instantly, every like flip of a coin that creates two timelines, one where it landed yeah. heads, one where it landed tails. Which when you think about it, and when you think about that, not just in the scope of like big decisions in your life, but in every right. single time, like... Literally, I had two thoughts and went with one of them that I said out loud. In mm-hmm. another timeline, I said that other one. I like left my street to go run an errand, and I turned left in one timeline and right another. Mm-hmm. There's an infinite number. Like, yeah, infinite number, and all of them again. Like some of them, in some of them, I took a left and went to Target instead of taking a right. right. Nothing changed. Right. But there's always that idea, like brings you back to like nine eleven. Probably the first time we've referenced 9-11 in an episode. Right. But just the sake that there were a lot of people who said either they ended up in the building because of some random thing or mm-hmm. they didn't end up there because of some random thing. Right. And it was a tiny decision. It wasn't anything huge. But something as simple as like, I happened to stay up really late the night before and didn't get up on time or whatever and like was late to work. Right. That's a seemingly very small thing. And then probably in 99% of the instances would make no difference in your life whatsoever. Right. But on that particular day, it made a huge difference for a lot it of people. It made all the difference. Yeah. And there can be little things like that, that like snowball where it's like, Oh, I was a little bit late to work, which meant that I got stopped at these lights, which meant that I like got held up by this car accident. Mm-hmm. And even that, like I think about that all the time. Okay. If I come across a car accident and maybe I was, supposed to be a little bit ahead of my trip right there's that thought of like what if i hadn't right gone back in to say goodbye to my dog or something mm-hmm. and i had been just a few minutes ahead of where i was i could right. have been part of that accident right and yeah there's a timeline somewhere where i was where i was injured where i hurt somebody or killed somebody where i died right there's the idea that and i can subscribe to that i think in the sense that like why not there right. are a million different timelines and it's crazy to think about how different some of them could be from like a very small right thing. And I feel like almost all, all of our episodes could be explained by alternate timelines and alternate dimensions yeah. and sort of crossing between different timelines and different dimensions, which explains why things like Bigfoot show up and when people see him or them <laughs> yeah. and um, they big feet and, um, that we never have found a body right. or why you know, people see skinwalkers or whatever, or why Mothman might've come from a parallel dimension. And then the men in black and injured cold were trying to like pick him up and bring him back to his dimension. Right. Kind of like how in men in black, 
the movie with Will Smith. Yeah. There's that same idea where there's like, they're kind of trying to keep things in their dimensions where they belong basically. And it's only accidents that make them sort of shift between the different dimensions. Which honestly to me is one of the overarching theories of, again, our entire show basically of all of these topics that I think I believe in fairly strongly that it just makes sense to me for how you can kind of reconcile the fact that there are people who see all of these different things Mm -hmm. and experience these different things, whether it is the Mandela effect or seeing UFOs, seeing cryptids, whatever that, um, it would just make sense that these are things accidentally slipping in for a short time Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's like, why aren't we just constantly seeing cryptids, UFOs all over? Yeah. And that it goes back even to like the national parks disappearances, Mm -hmm. the Bennington triangle disappearances. Um, the idea that, yeah, somebody is just like, whoops, slipping into a different timeline, different universe. Completely unaware. Yeah. Totally unaware. And maybe some of them stay disappeared forever because they never make their way back. Maybe Mm -hmm. something in that, universe whether it's them simply existing there or something happening to them kills them Mm -hmm. and then they accidentally slip back in to ours and that's why they're found again like dead and you know where they should have been found but they weren't there Mm -hmm. um i kind of i don't know i feel like it does apply to a lot of things they talk about in sort of like paranormal communities they talk about the grand unified theory of everything some sort of theory that would explain everything from ghosts and poltergeists to bigfoot to skinwalkers just kind of what what is it about the nature of our reality that allows for paranormal experiences you know at all yeah and i think that something like parallel universes or um maybe even the simulation that is as close as we can get to a grand unified theory of everything that would explain everything from why you can you know experience poltergeists in some ways yeah and why you can see bigfoot or why oscar meyer with an a instead of an e yeah you know messed up so yeah and that is kind of fiona broom's theory basically is that alternate timeline thing right which yeah i think if i have to go with one thing i mean on top of our memories being what they are and our brains being what they are right i do think it it kind of i don't know it feels right in a way to think that we are, yeah, just kind of, and again, that you, the idea that some people it's flipped and flipped back, you're not necessarily just flipped into a different timeline and there forever. Right. There could be some ways that you were kind of flipped back, bouncing back into and forth. your previous timeline or just flipped into another different timeline where right. that thing wasn't different. If you think about it, like being on a beach and you're standing where the water can lap over your feet. And the beach is your current timeline and the water lapping over your feet is the next timeline over. And as the waves hit, you're sort of covered in water and then it recedes and you're back in your own timeline. Then it hits you again, you're in another timeline and then it recedes and you're back in your own timeline. Yeah. And it could be like that on a much larger scale. Yeah. Where the veil between the two realities is constantly kind of washing over you and you're cycling between the two. Yeah. That could be specific geographic places like Skinwalker Ranch. Or it could just happen to specific people because they are able to cross between different realities easier for whatever reason. Right. It's fascinating. That's the that's the sort of theory about the Mandela effect that I subscribe to. Yeah. 
multiple realities. Yeah. I think for once, if I had to choose a theory, that would be it. That's it. Because again, I can write off so many of those examples as all of the other memory weirdness theories, but the, the big ones, even really the movie still to me, but like Mandela Mm -hmm. dying in prison, that to me is like a big enough Mm -hmm. memory that I really don't think a whole bunch of people misremembered it so hard yeah so hard where they have vivid it just doesn't make sense to me so yeah i think there's timelines that we're just jumping back and forth between or again some people maybe just hop to a different one and that's just it right that's the one that they're on forever Mm -hmm. and yeah for some people it that changes so drastically that their whole existence changes right and for some people it doesn't for some people it's just Again, you didn't necessarily realize you switched until somebody reminded you like, hey, this thing never happened. And you're like, wait, wait what? a second. Like it did, though. Right. So that I think is, yeah, it's fascinating that it could just be so similar. Just this one weird thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hm. It's wild. Yeah. I could like basically just talk about this forever. Pretty much. The, <laughs> I feel like that's where we get every time we talk about alternative dimensions or timelines. It's just like we just could oh, yeah. just go. But yeah. So. That was the Mandela effect. Mandela effect. So let us know if you have any any of these that you subscribe to or if you have any different ones. Right. Did we miss something good? Yeah. Miss something really good. Do you have any like unique ones for you? Do you like remember something in your family happening or? Do you remember your inflection point where things felt different afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. Do you recall an actual blip in your reality? Um, or do you just think this is all just people being stupid? Not remembering shit. It's a possibility too, I guess. I guess. But yeah. Do you think it's Flintstones with a T? In which case you're wrong and don't write to us. <laughs> don't write to us. Stop listening now. Um, but yeah, Mandela Effect. It's episode 39. Of Unknowable. Love you.